Hello and welcome to Careers in Analytical Chemistry, the podcast for CHY213. I'm your host, Dr. Darius Rackus. This podcast hosts different speakers who work with or in the field of analytical chemistry, ranging from government, academia, and industry. Today's episode is a little different. I'm joined by a careers education specialist. We sat down to talk about informational interviews and how students can use them when exploring a career in analytical chemistry, or any field for that matter. So, without further ado, let's go meet our guest. Welcome to the podcast, Maurice. Thanks for having me, Darius. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity to talk to students about careers and career planning. Perfect. So, Maurice, maybe let's get started. A lot of students might not know who you are. So can you tell us who you are and what your role is at Ryerson? Yeah. So my name is Maurice Fernandez, and I'm a career education specialist at the Career and Co-op Center. And I work specifically with the Faculty of Science undergraduate student cohort. So at our institution, we operate under a faculty labor model. And so what that means is that each faculty has a dedicated career education team. And I'm privileged enough to be working with the amazing students in the Faculty of Science. Great. So the reason I've invited you onto the podcast for this episode, because this semester I have assigned my CHY213 students the task of actually going out and recording an informational interview with someone who works in or with analytical chemistry. And so I was hoping that we could talk today about what an informational interview is and and what role it might play in a student's career plan, how students can make connections and find contacts for Mm -hmm. doing an informational interview. And then maybe we can wrap up and talk about what resources are available specifically to our students here at Ryerson. So for that first question, what is an informational interview? Yeah, so an informational interview is often known as a coffee or tea chat with an industry professional. And this is really a conversation that's centered around the industry professional's career path and even their employer. So, you know, conversation that could be focused on how did you get into this position? What do you love about doing what you do? What's so cool about being an analytical chemist? What are some of the surprising things about that? And then also students or early job seekers can also get some insight into the industry or the institution that that person's working for. Unlike an HR interview where the company sets the agenda, in an informational interview, students and job seekers actually set the agenda themselves. So they should come up with a series of questions centered around the person's career path and trajectory, right? So whether it's an academic career path or an industry career path. And I love these conversations because they're really a great way to make a good impression on potential hiring folks, but also a great way for students to promote their skills by sharing their experiences and accomplishments with someone in an industry that they're interested in. So you're almost kind of humanizing the recruitment process, right? What I find is that students, they only rely on just sending a resume and hoping that, you know, it resonates with someone in HR or the hiring manager that they'll pick up the phone and book that interview. But the informational interview can add more depth and knowledge to that person's application. And again, this is a fantastic tool that any student that's embarking on a career path should have. And because it's a great way to understand what a potential career could be. It's a great way to develop community through networking and can even lead to some hires in the future for that student. 
Great. So it sounds like it's a really useful tool for getting sort of your foot in the door when you're looking for a career and starting to embark on career planning and, and job seeking. You mentioned some questions that students might want to ask in terms of, you know, what's it like working here or what do you like about your job? Are there some maybe no-go questions that students might not think about or things that really should not be included in an informational interview? Yeah, I, I think anything that slides into like personal. So like, how much are you making in this job, right? That's not, <laughs> that's not that this isn't the time to discuss that. Can they bring yeah. up salary or, or get can, a sense yeah. of? I would, yeah, I would bring up what entry level salary would be like mm-hmm. and what, you know, typically a student can expect to be making. But asking someone point blank, like, well, how much are they paying you at your institution? That's a little bit offside. You know, starting the conversation by saying, are you hiring? I would not start that informational interview that way. What I really want to know is try to figure out like, you know, Dr. Rack is what is it about being a professor that you enjoy so much versus like, are you hiring in your lab right now? Because that's not the purpose of this conversation. It could lead to that, but really focus the conversation on the individual and more so their career trajectory or their academic path. So anything that kind of strays off that, I would caution against it until you know the person a little bit better. Some of the students want to know, like, what is something that they hate about their job or their company? I would maybe stray away from that and maybe focus more on the conversation. What did you find surprising about your career, right? <laughs> right? Rather than like, what's the worst thing about working at your institution or company, right? <laughs> I always like to find out what's surprising because whatever you, they may find surprising, you may actually enjoy. So it's good to kind of frame it in that way. So yeah, so those are typically the questions that I would coach the student on. And how can students fit informational interviews in their career planning? And maybe when should they be considering doing an informational interview? How do you capitalize on an informational interview? How do you use them to find that career that you want to get started on? There's a couple of different ways. I think one of the easiest ways for a student to fit in an informational interview is after maybe an industry event or they've attended a conference, whether in person or virtually, which is the kind of space that we're in right now, sending a follow-up saying, Dr. Rackus, I saw you speak at this conference on this date, on this topic. And I was really fascinated by X, Y, or Z. Do you have 15 minutes for a coffee chat about your career trajectory, right? That is like right there. You've already, it's kind of a warm introduction because I've already established how I know about you, right? So that's one of the, probably the most critical ways. So whether it's, you know, maybe there is an event that we hosted either as a department or as a faculty or even through the career and co-op center. And you saw a speaker that really resonated with you or is in the industry that you're targeting. That's one of the best ways to do it. It really isn't a wrong time to do this be quite frank right so i'm kind of thinking about like as we're talking through this about like the best time to do it i think definitely after a conference or an event that you've attended or a a community building networking event but really like this is something that you can start doing as early as your you know your first year or your second year right when you're starting to develop that curiosity about is this the kind of industry or job that i want to be in what is that about right because i think sometimes what happens is that students feel that they have to lock into a career Mm. Like, like as soon as they get into university, right? Because that's why you're at university, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're studying X to do a career yeah. in X yeah. and that's all you're ever going to do. <laughs> right. And I, and I always, and I feel really bad because when a student will come to me and like, you know, it's, you know, man, I encourage them to come and visit the career and co-op center, like come in year one. Like you don't have to wait till like last semester of your fourth year <laughs> to come and see us. But I think they get so amped up and we don't help because we, we call ourselves the career and co-op center. So I must know what my career is or I must be in co-op, therefore I should, one of those two means that I come and see you. But when in reality, you're just kind of starting out. 
So I'm a big fan of saying like, as soon as you start becoming curious about a career path, right? Like, or you just have questions about like, what's it really like to do that job or that, you know, pursue a master's degree or even like going to direct PhD. Like, let me start talking to people about this. Right. And it's kind of a safe environment because you're not really committing much except for, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of your time and their time. And it's not a waste if you come out of there saying, wow, that's what that's really about. I'm not sure I want to do that so I can (laughs) knock that off. Or that is exactly the kind of thing I'm really, really curious about. And I want to pursue further so I can even open up more doors for you. I think that's great advice. These are low stakes events. You're not on the line for a job with one. All you want out of it is information. So as long as the person agrees to do an interview with you, you've already won. Like they said, yes, you're going to get the information that you want. The information you want might not be the information you wanted to find out. Unfortunately, you might find out that this is your dream career is not what you, what you wanted, but it's definitely a win situation and you can have those wins at any time. Right. What you said about using these as a way to follow up from career events or, or panel discussions, or maybe a situation where you might have met someone in a broader context. So not personal, but a little bit broader. This is a great way that students can follow up with people to learn a little bit more as well as, you know, get their name known by this person. If, you know, they're hoping that this person's in a hiring decision or can influence a hiring decision. So apart from career events at Ryerson, how can students make connections and find people to interview? You know, if you have a career interest that Ryerson just doesn't host a speaker on that topic, but you want to learn more. How can a student find out more information? There's a couple of things I always recommend. One is definitely get comfortable with some of the business social media tools out there, like LinkedIn is a powerful tool that can give you access to a lot of information on people's professional development and career. So that tool is extremely powerful, especially if you've got an an idea of either institutions or companies that you are curious about learning more about, or even just doing a search as, you know, analytical chemists, right? On LinkedIn and see what comes up and then seeing how you may be connected to them. Maybe someone in your network's connected to them, or they were an alumni, right? Of this institution or the program that you're in. So I think that's one powerful tool. Another social media tool that's overlooked by a lot of people, I'm not, and listen, I know Twitter can be a little bit of a dumpster fire sometimes, but Twitter is actually an amazing tool and hashtag science Twitter is a real thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how many of your the students know this, but I'm not a scientist. So I go out to learn about the things that students are interested in about what, what staff and faculty talk to me about. And sometimes I start out on, on science Twitter, to be honest with you, because there's some amazing researchers and scientists talking about what they do on this platform. So it's a great way for you to build community. Another thing I remind students about is that they will always be a student. What they're doing right now, though, as an undergraduate is actually becoming a professional in training. So do the same things that they do, like attend the same conferences. There's usually an opening for student discounts and student attendees and being part of that, right? Go and see some of the same speakers that your profs see or your grad students or your TAs go and, and check out. Read the same articles join the association. So like, for instance, the Chemical Institute of Canada has a Toronto section. And they have lots of great career resources. And they do. And they're fantastic. And it's such a great way to build instant community. Just because you're an undergrad doesn't mean that like they don't want you around. It's actually quite the opposite. Oh, you're in chemistry. We have this amazing institute here for you. Right. And the beauty is that like, 
oftentimes membership fees are waived or at a deep, 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 huge discount that you can just jump on. And there's a great way to build community there. And it's an instantaneous, oh, you're a member of the Institute? So am I. Do you have 15 minutes to talk about your career trajectory, right? Mm -hmm. That's a natural conversation because you're right. You wouldn't start this conversation on a subway with someone if you knew that they were a chemist. Well, you might, but (laughs) usually (laughs) conversations people have with me on the subway when they find out I'm a chemist are are very short. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But, you know, in an event that the Chemical Institute of Canada would host, like, why not? Right. And, you know, one of the knocks on with regards to the pandemic has been the lack of that community building, but it's actually moved to more of a virtual space. So you can actually get access to some cool conferences that maybe were the barrier of engagement was too high because you have to fly you know, to Europe or another part of this country or even to the United States, right? But now you can maybe attend these virtually and start developing community that way. So that's another way that I would encourage students to keep building that community and then looking for folks that they can engage further, take it to, the, to that you know, informational interview stage or that coffee chat or, or tea if that's your group of choice. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a great point about virtual conferences. I know there's conversation on both sides, the advantages mm-hmm. and the disadvantages, but I've never thought about it from the undergraduate perspective or, or someone who's trying to get a foothold in a community that mm-hmm. the registration fee might be cheaper because it's online, but also the need for a hotel and airfare right. and meals and everything is mm-hmm. essentially waived, which makes it a lot easier for people to access these things. Just to finish up, what resources do we have at our institution that students can use Mm -hmm. for making connections or for getting guidance on informational interviews? So there's actually quite a few different channels that students can tap into. First and foremost, I always recommend like keeping an eye open or an ear open or just your email, <laughs> check your email out for, you know, messages from your department, some great conversations that are being had there and some great folks are being brought onto campuses or events are being promoted. There's also faculty wide at the faculty of science. We've got some great events that are being promoted. So check out the Dean's D2L shell through us at the career and co-op center. I'm going to pitch the website, www.ryerson.ca backslash career dash co-op. We have an events calendar there. You can access our D2L shell for information on how to network at events, networking workshops. So again, if you're new to this, and STEM students tend to shy away from things like networking. So I tend to talk about community building, but we can support you with that as well. I'll also be sharing with your students an informational interview guide that was developed by my colleagues at the Career and Co-op Center. So it's got some great tips, tricks, even some templates on how to engage with folks, whether it's you met them in person, online, if you want to send them an email, or if you just want to connect with them through LinkedIn, we've got that laid out for you. If you want to book a personalized one-on-one with me, you can as well. So I update my calendar for availability every Friday. So this Friday, by around 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard, you can access my calendar for my appointments for the following week, especially if you're new to networking or just don't even know, maybe you just have a challenge of what kind of questions to ask besides those ones. So we do quite a few events that the students can tap into. It's just, I don't know, you get a lot of information thrown at you. It's a lot, but I do encourage you to kind of carve that out. Even if you just want to go and check it out, you don't have to meet anybody. You can just go check it out, see what it's like, low barrier of entry, no stakes attached to it, but it is about just showing up. So those are a few of the channels that we have available to you as well. Great. So I just want to recap what we talked about today before we sign off. So we talked about informational interviews, how they are low stakes, you know, coffee chats or tea chats to get 
more information about a person's career path and trajectory. And, and really, it's focused on the person and maybe a bit about the institution that they work for. And that these are great tools that students can fit in at any time in their career planning stages. They can go and do one tomorrow if they want. In fact, some of them have been assigned to do one. So oh. <laughs> they should do, they should go and do them. And then in terms of finding contacts, these are a great, great tool to follow up with people from broad events, whether that's a, an industry night on campus or meeting people at seminars or conference. And it's a great way to build that sort of one-on-one connection with someone. And then there are tons of resources available at the Careers and Co-op Center. You mentioned a guide on conducting informational interviews, which I'll share with the students through D2L, but that there are all sorts of career activities happening on campus at the department and the faculty and university level. So students should check those out and and see if there are relevant careers that they might be interested in and, and use those as opportunities to make connections with people in industry they want to find more about. All right. Is there anything else I missed, Maurice? No, I think that covers it. And again, we're here to support your professional development, whether it's going into industry or going into grad schools or further studies or even professional schools. We support you up to five years after your final academic year. So that's really unique for us. And like I said, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm pretty easy to find, but I'll give everybody my email address. It's maurice, M-A-U-R-I-C-E dot Fernandez, F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-S at ryerson.ca. If you are having challenges booking an appointment or just want to talk about your career and professional trajectory, book an appointment. It's 30 minutes. It's really low key. Even if you're not 100% sure of which direction you want to take your degree in chemistry, it's okay. We can have a conversation just about that. Perfect. Thanks, Maurice. Thanks again for joining us and have a great day. Yeah, and happy community building, everybody. (laughs) Today's podcast was produced by me, Darius Rackus, audio editing by Aline Garabedian, music by Scott Holmes and Kilo Bot. This has been Careers in Analytical Chemistry. Thanks for listening. Thank you.